In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A few years ago, I was talking with some of my fellow Bible-loving friends when one of them posed a question. What do you think is the most important word in the Bible? Obviously, it's kind of a nonsensical question. The scriptures should always be appreciated contextually and for all the diverse literary genres used by its writers. My friend agreed with that, but pressed, sure. But if you had to pick one, what would it be? Is it salvation, sin, redemption, beginning, end, reconcile, sheep, people, creation, forgiveness? I think you could make an argument for any of those except for maybe sheep, but if you have an argument for that, please let me know. Finally, my friend landed on what she thinks is the best choice. The most important word in the Bible is the word with. It appears twice in today's gospel passage. The first time is when we learn that this woman, Mary, is with child in an incredibly scandalous way. Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus is a little more reserved than Luke's account, which gives us the angel Gabriel appearing to Mary, Mary's song of praise, and Mary and Elizabeth rejoicing in their pregnancies together. Luke has a bit more excitement and drama written into the narrative, but Matthew seems to have kind of a different goal in the way he tells the story. And you remember that the Gospel of Matthew opens the New Testament. So you would think it would begin with something grand and dramatic that would grab the reader's attention. But rather than once upon a time in a land far, far away, he opens with an incredibly tedious genealogy. 17 verses spanning 14 generations from Abraham to David. And that's where our gospel passage picks up this morning. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. Very direct, not very poetic or grand. Now I must admit that at first pass, I find Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus a little bit lacking. I think my frustration mostly comes from him skimming over the role of Mary here. We are only told that she was Jesus's mother She was supposed to marry this guy, Joseph, and that she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit before they lived together. Advent is one of our primary opportunities to really dwell with a biblical woman, but instead Joseph is actually the main character in this version. When Mary is found to be with child, with this very important child, Cultural law would have allowed Joseph to step away from his betrothal betrothal to her with no consequences to him and life-ruining consequences to her. Now, to his credit, Joseph planned to do this quietly and not make a big fuss about it. But just when he decided to do this, he has a dream. And this dream alters his world and ours forever. All of a sudden, Joseph finds himself caught up in something much bigger than himself. He could still have walked away and gone out to live a quiet life with a different, much more normal kind of family. 
But just as he's about to walk away, God intervenes. And here we see a person who has to respond in faith to God's intervention. Matthew tells us that all of this is to fill the promise of God to the prophet that this child will be born and he will be named Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The second time with is in that passage today. God is with us. Mary is with child, a child who is God, God with us. I know it's the Christmas season and we're all very busy. We have family coming in town and we have cleaning to do and meals to prep and presents to wrap. But I want to encourage you not to miss this this morning. Don't miss this. I know it's probably something you've heard before, not once, but many times. If you've been a church-going person for long, you've probably heard it year after year. But Advent is an annual invitation to pause with this reality that God is with us. I think sometimes we can overuse this idea of God with us. It's something that's so important and so foundational that we keep saying it over and over. And sometimes when you say something too much, its meaning starts to get a little washed out. Incarnation, God with us, they are words we know. But do we stop to dwell with them and to remember the gravity of what they mean? They aren't just words. It's not an abstract concept. God's presence with us is not some ephemeral metaphor for love or goodness. God with us, Emmanuel, was born was a baby, cried and spit up, had to be potty trained, had to eat and sleep and learn and grow, had to have his heart broken and be disappointed by his friends. He laughed and loved and lived and breathed. Matthew doesn't open his gospel with this tedi tedious genealogy just to, so just to show that Jesus was associated with the right people or came from the right line. It's illustrating Jesus's particularity, his specificity. He's saying Jesus was this person. He had a mother and a father who needed God's intervention to make the right choices. They were people, just as Jesus was a person and just as you are a person. Don't miss this. God with us is real. It's tangible. In one of my classes once, the professor asked us to consider how we might make a movie about Jesus. And if you were to try to do this, Mel Gibson aside, how would you depict the divinity of Jesus? The reality that this man is God. Some people talked about lighting him in a certain way or using special effects to give him some kind of glow. But I remember just thinking, I think I would just film a guy sitting by a lake eating some fish. Because the ordinary humanness of Jesus is actually the true miracle of God being with us. 
God's intervention in our world looked incredibly ordinary. He was just a baby, born as vulnerably as all of us were, born into a time and a place to a flawed father and mother, but born to be with us. In this baby, the boundaries between ordinary and extraordinary collapsed. So this Advent, don't miss that. Respond in faith to God's intervention in this world and in your life. Because God is with us, then and now and until the end of the age. Amen.